Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. You can learn a lot about a person from their trash. Are they frugal? Are they wasteful? How much do they care about the environment? As in, are they recycling? And even more interesting, are they composting? It's International Compost Awareness Week, so in case you're not totally aware of what this involves, let me tell you. The actual food you eat and prepare, plus any plants and other once-living things, instead of throwing them in the trash, you put them into a separate container. Over time, the contents of this organic matter decomposes and becomes straight-up dirt, which can be reused to grow more plants and food. Then you eat the food, compost the scraps, and the cycle just continues from there. Permaculture! It's a somewhat stinky but rewarding way to responsibly manage all that organic waste we create. You don't contribute as much to landfills, which create methane gas and perpetuate climate change. My colleague, Courtney Kippers, is a digital producer and a reporter here at WBEZ. And she followed her own food scraps from her kitchen through the decomposition process all the way to the dirt it turns into. But before we get to all that, I asked her why she wanted to get into composting in the first place. I I think like a lot of people was really on this mission to just live a little bit more sustainably. And I'd already done things like switch to a shampoo bar instead of plastic bottles oh. and get rid of paper towels in my household. Look at you. So this was kind of the logical next step, but I knew nothing about composting. But I was really stoked to find that there are services in Chicago that make it really easy. I got to just take a moment here and just like, because when I first started composting, um, it I, I had a lot of support <laughs> and it was still a disaster. So I, um, I lived in a house where everyone was composting. They had been doing it for years and years, but I still like got a lot wrong. What what were you like? Oh, my God, this. Yeah, for a while I had a printout on my fridge of like what I should and should not put in this bucket. So yeah, there was a learning curve, absolutely. However, I was not and am not doing at-home composting. I was using a service, a composting collection service, and that made it a lot easier. The learning curve was a lot less steep, I will say. It's very beginner-friendly. Okay. So for anybody listening, remind us what should and should not go in the compost, maybe based on that that list that you said you're following on your refrigerator? Yeah, it's a really good question. One of the things I actually found out when I was reporting this story that using a compost collection service is different than backyard composting in a few ways. And one of those ways is that they can accept a wider variety of things than you would say, like throw in your backyard if you were doing this at home. Hmm. So with the service that I use, and there are others like it in Chicago, but I used Waste Not Composting. So they give me a sanitized five-gallon bucket every two weeks. And I bring that into my house and I put it in my kitchen and I put my food scraps and organic waste in that, and then they take it away. So using a compost collection service, you can put 
a lot more in your bucket. You can compost all food waste, both cooked and not cooked. So you can actually like scrape your plate right into your bucket. That includes grease, any bones from meat. You know, if you're eating wings, you can throw that in your bucket, eggshells, any food scraps. You can also compost newspapers, yard waste, paper towels, coffee grounds, so much, so much stuff. Um, and they even, Waste Not even accepts pizza boxes, which I really like. Nice. I feel like too often I have a pizza box to give them, but it's great. This is kind of like kind of nasty, but, um, you know, I mean, some people, a lot of people have pets <laughs> and they may be using those compostable bags to pick up, you know, the waste that their pets leave behind. Is that included? It's not. Pet waste oh, okay. can't go in the compost. All right. Yep. All right. I assume that generalizes to waste from other animals as well. <laughs> you got it. Um, when I'm in a composting phase of my life, which is kind of an ebb and flow for me, um, I put it in a bin or wherever I end up dropping it off, depending on where in the world I live, <laughs> whether or not there's a service. And then I just don't think about it, right? Like like most of the waste that I create, I, it, it comes out and then I just put it somewhere and it's out of sight, out of mind. But you went and followed yours all the way through the process with Waste Not um, from your bin to its final destination. What made you so curious about that? Yeah, I was a little bit the same as you. Is sort of I knew I was putting my food waste into this bucket, but then it was sort of out of sight, out of mind. I was putting it on my front porch, and then I was grabbing a new bucket when they dropped it off. And Part of Waste Not service is twice a year customers can get finished compost. So I had gotten a bag of finished compost. It comes in sort of like this big, really stuffed bag. And the bag is, of course, also compostable. Mm -hmm. um, but the journey from food scraps in this bucket I was setting out to that bag of finished compost felt like a really big mystery to me. And I was curious about how they did this. And so I reached out to Waste Not and asked them if I could follow my bucket through the process to get a little more insight. Interesting. And when you say finished compost, we're talking about like a bag of dirt. Yep. Okay. Yep. So what did you expect to find? Anything specifically just like way out of the ordinary? Like if I did have expectations, it wouldn't have been this. So much. There was so much that for me was different than what I thought it would be. Um, one thing that sort of stood out to me is I was very interested in how the Waste Not team sorts through what people put in their buckets. I had imagined that there was a pretty big sorting process to make sure, you know, that everything that's in the bucket is in fact compostable. You know, we hear a lot about sorting when it comes to recycling and issues on that front. And I sort of assumed it was the same for composting, but it was far more simple than I imagined. When they are emptying the buckets, they really are just doing sort of a quick visual scan for contaminants, things like, you know, like plastic bottle caps or plastic cutlery or mm. other things that people are just like moving too quick in the kitchen and they end up throwing into their bin. Yeah. Um, but Liam Donnelly, who's the CEO of Waste Not, told me that they have almost no contamination. And he credits us to having a really educated customer base, you know, that people who are willing to pay for the service are really huh. into composting and okay. really invested in being sure that they're doing it right. Um, another thing that was perhaps a little different than I expected, I think there are a lot of questions around the smell when it comes to composting. Oh, yes. 
Donnelly told me that they get lots of questions when people are starting out with the service about the smell of their bucket. And this was a big question for me too. But even when I was at Waste Not headquarters with him and he's dumping these buckets, it really did not smell that badly. Uh, And I have a piece of tape of Donnelly dumping one of those buckets when we got back to the company's north side hub. So this is him doing that. All right. So what do you see in that bucket? This one actually smells pretty good. It's pretty citrusy. Uh, We got some banana peels, some peppers. uh, I don't know what the green stuff is, actually. Green beans. We got some pasta. uh, And some bread. So this is a a pretty great example of all the things that we can accept. So that's Donnelly reacting to cracking a bucket open that he had collected and being like, this one, you know, smells pretty good. It smells good. I have never heard that when somebody smells some compost. It must have been fresh. (laughs) I, I will say one other thing that really blew my mind is the turnaround time. So Donnelly's mm-hmm. dumping these buckets. One of them is mine. And I'm asking him, how long until this is finished compost? And it can be as quick as two weeks. And it definitely happens within 90 days. And it depends sort of on the time of year and the temperature. But this blew my mind that my coffee grounds and onion skins and other things can be soil, finished nutrient-rich soil in two weeks. That sounds really impossible. Um, I, I like, I'm like, are they like adding something to it to like speed up the process? Like, no, there's no additives. Their system, although it's an industrial system, so it's happening at a larger scale, is really similar to backyard composting. It's just sort of uh, a matter of balancing those greens and browns. Oh yeah, that's right. Put the solids and you know with the with the wets and the dries. Okay, that's interesting. So you followed along with Waste Not's really young CEO. He's the one who showed you around that process. Can you get into his story a little bit? Yep, that's right. His name is Liam Donnelly. And I have a little bit of tape that I want to play. Here's part of his origin story in his own words. My entire life has been in Chicago. Uh, I grew up composting in my parents' backyard. And it wasn't until I was 14 that I realized most people didn't compost Wow. So after realizing that most people didn't compost, Donnelly started his business when he was just 15. He was working at a cafe in Lincoln Square where he grew up and where he still lives, and they weren't composting. So he started taking the coffee grounds and other food scraps home to his parents' backyard compost pile. And eventually he started collecting compostable waste from other businesses in the area Mm. and residences. And in the beginning, he was so young that he didn't have a driver's license. So he was on his bike collecting these compost buckets. Uh, He became known as the compost kid, a nickname he said he never liked. Um, But he's outgrown it now. He's now 26, and he has a company that serves more than 10,000 residences in Chicago and a growing fleet of electric vehicles. So his company is still zero emissions, and that started as necessity when he was a teenager on a bike, but as they have grown, it has remained uh, emissions-free. So some cities have citywide composting. I've lived in one of those cities. Ann Arbor, Michigan um, has a pretty good composting system going on. Um, Chicago does not. (laughs) What does that look like and what would it take for a city like Chicago to adopt a system like this? 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Places like Seattle and San Francisco have compost programs that are run by the city. In Seattle, it's actually required for every home and business to compost their food and yard waste. And New York also recently announced plans for a citywide program. But no such program exists in Chicago. And so far as I can tell, it's not really in the works either. Mm. The closest we've gotten was a really small pilot program that Mayor Lori Lightfoot launched last fall. Um, But that was, like I said, a really small operation just involving six community gardens. Do you know if this is on Brandon Johnson's radar at all? It's not listed on the issues that he had on his campaign website and So far as I can tell, he didn't mention it on the campaign trail. And just one thing I would note in that we've reported on before is that Chicago also has an incredibly low recycling rate Mm. compared to other cities like New York or San Francisco. And last year, Chicago recycled just 9.6% of the city's trash, so single digits. So it's perhaps a concern if the city were to start a composting program, just how it would be handled given the history of recycling here in Chicago. That is concerning. <laughs> you know, it's like we can't even get our recycling together. You know, what yeah. what can we really expect for compost? But I hope that'll change at some point. So what would the climate impact be if we adopted widespread composting? Like what, what have you found maybe through your conversations um, about this? So when food goes to a landfill, it retains its mass and it releases methane. That's a greenhouse gas that the EPA has said is far more potent than carbon dioxide. But according to the University of Illinois Extension, up to 37% of what's sent to landfills in Cook County could be composted. And that means that that food waste or an organic waste would be broken down and then would not release methane. So it's a significant amount of what we're sending to landfills in Cook County alone that could be composted. So, Courtney, what would you say to any of the compost curious? I would say if you want to take your trash out less, you should start composting. (laughs) This is the thing that maybe seems so obvious, but was surprising to me. When I started composting, I never take my trash out anymore or so rarely. I just have, of course, way less. And when I'm putting all my food waste into the compost, my trash doesn't smell. So I'm not taking out the bin before it's full because it smells. So that was something that was surprising to me, sort of an added perk that I I hadn't thought of. Um, I think also I would say that composting feels really logical to me. And once you start, it's sort of hard to like think about not doing it now that I think about, oh, you know, my food waste can be finished compost and back in like gardens or wherever in Chicago in two weeks. It's hard to imagine sort of going back Mm -hmm. to sending that stuff to the landfill. Courtney Kippers is a digital producer and reporter here at WBEZ. You can read and listen to Courtney's Compost Odyssey at WBEZ.org. Courtney, thank you. Thanks, Erin.
And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Klee for editing the show. Haley Bloomquist was the engineer for this episode and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. And we love hearing from you as well. Email us with your questions, thoughts, or what you would want to hear on the show. The email address is therundownpod at wbez.org. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Thank you.